0: Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dale and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! What the hell's going
1: on out here? Everybody's grabbing out there.
2: Nobody's touching. in trouble it's gonna get there he turned 32 yesterday does he have a vintage moment in, in the end caught for the win what's up
1: everybody and welcome to Average Cheese I'm Dale Lobo alongside my co-host and longtime friend Todd Widener and we are Average Cheese we offer a unique perspective and entertaining conversation on what we love to talk about more than anything the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers. You can talk to us or find us on Twitter at avgcheese, and you can also get a hold of us at email at avgcheese at gmail.com. we got a great show planned for today with a lot to talk about, so sit back, crack a cold one, and join us. So welcome back. It's Episode 9 of the Average Cheese Podcast. So I don't forget, I want to thank Dwight at DDG Customs, uh, I will see him tonight. He's bringing me another shirt. Oh, um, nice. He's doing some pretty awesome stuff. I'll see if I can send you one. And thanks to Andy at uh, third-out, net too. Todd, it's good to talk to you again. How are you?
2: Yeah, I know. It's been this has been way too long. I think this is our biggest break since we started doing this. So, we have a lot to catch up on. It's probably the first episode that I actually wrote and then had to rewrite because like things just started to get the news and everything started to get old on on the episode that I wrote, so then I'd have to go back in and edit it. And here we are.
1: Yeah, it's not news. Some of that stuff is so old, it's no longer news. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I know. So before we get started talking about football, update on the swear jar. So I had a conversation with Mike from Tosa about the swear jar. And then I actually interviewed somebody. So a little bit of background. So Mike Mtosa Tosa said, we swear too much on our podcast. And I said, for every time I cussed, I would put 25 cents in the jar. You owe 50 cents, by the way. It was not that a I completely do. clean. Oh, I know.
2: I, I, yeah, I re-listened to it.
1: So we're at like a $1.50 for that. Yeah. Uh, and I said to Mike and Tosa, you know, if you want me to donate our money at the end of the season to a charity, I will do that. And yeah. I also told them that I would donate all of our ad revenue to... The charity of his choice. Thought it would be the Mike from Tosa Defense from Poverty Fund, and I would just be buying him beers or something, <laughs> you know, or something along that line. But he did have yeah. a, a charity. Uh, so everything that we do will go towards the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Mike from Tosa has a friend whose daughter passed away from leukemia at the age of like 16. I will wow. probably put that. It's a short piece of that interview here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like a 10-minute interview with these, yeah. and his name is Tyler Pease. Um, I will put that here uh, after we get done talking with it. But all the money we earn from this podcast is going to go towards leukemia lymphoma. So here's that interview with Tyler now. So Mike from Tosa sent me a, a message the other day and said, man, you guys cuss too much on your show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, okay, like I'll I'll try to do better at that. So then, I, in our last episode, on episode eight, we, I decided, okay, we're gonna start a swear jar. And I thought, okay, we'll we'll see how many times I swear. And I really tried to not do it, but it didn't work out that way. I think I had three in the cuss jar, and I thought Todd did well, but then I, I guess I just glossed over, and he had a couple too. So so that's where. That's we're not at. too bad. No, I felt like five in one show. There was, you know, some shows that we did. We did one on racism and the whole George Floyd thing. I think oh, yeah. we were probably about fifty. If we would have started the jar, <laughs> the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society would have had much more money in the jar.
0: So There we go.
1: So maybe you could tell me just uh, you know, in a short couple minutes, like how, how you got involved in, in the society. Okay. Without well, making well me first cry. off,
0: I'm going to I'm gonna tell you that uh, one of my, my favorite stories of my daughter, so my daughter, Sarah, my only child, and, uh, you know, I was a single dad for a number of years. Uh, there were times where Sarah would be in the back seat in the, in the uh, you know, she'd outgrown the child seat by this time, but, uh, you know, you, she'd be quiet back there, would fall asleep or whatever, and I'd be driving, and of course, someone would cut you off, and I'd let loose with a string of profanity <laughs> of course and she 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 just go oh real nice dad so <laughs> <laughs> you know you forget they're back there you sure. know i mean you're just driving along and then some jerk does whatever and boom yeah. it comes out you know so um anyway she she used to love catching me. so so when when mike said that uh, we're doing this uh, swear jar it just seemed rather fitting so <laughs> because Certainly, I've I've been in that situation more than a few times. Good uh, thing
1: you didn't have a swear jar back then, right? You'd been adding oh that
0: man, I, was, I would have had a five-gallon gallon, gallon <laughs> pail next to me. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna need that too if we do enough episodes. <laughs> there we go.
0: My daughter was uh, 15 at the time. Uh, this is back in uh, 2009. She was out for. Uh, she she was sophomore in high school, was out for a band, president of the student council, just very, very active. She she was playing rugby. She okay. wanted to go to West Point and, and was just a really driven kid. She uh used to she was part of the drumline in her band. And so most mostly it's boys in the drumline and there are a few girls. And, uh, she was the one that was, would kind of constantly kind of make sure that they stayed in control and, okay. you know, so they, so, and she, she, if they, if they mouthed off or whatever, she'd, she'd punch them in the arm or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, she was quite a character. Nice. And, uh, you know, I sent, I sent you a few of the pictures, uh, of her that, yeah. uh, give you a little bit of her personality. You know, she, she wasn't one to take things lightly and, and certainly wasn't a wimp. So. And I always kind of, you know, when kids fall down, and they kind of come whining to you. You know, I'm, I'm the youngest, the three kids. And, you know, I kind of have a rub a little dirt on it kind of attitude. Sure. And, uh, you know, she started saying that she had this cold and didn't feel well. And uh, it was around Thanksgiving time of uh, 2010. She just, just wasn't feeling well. And, and of course... You know, she was a driven student, and that I'm like, Well, I know you don't feel well, but go to school and
1: yeah, suck it and,
0: up. Uh, we'll get through this, and uh, you know, just let the antibiotics take a course or whatever. And she just had this bad cold and just couldn't seem to shake it. So she came home from school and she started having some blood pool in her eye. And oh. uh, so I took her to the emergency room and uh, the, the first doctor, I kind of took her to like an urgent care center, and, and the first doctor kind of said, I'm not sure what that is, but you need to have it checked out further. So okay. uh, I called her a pediatrician, and uh, they could get her in. So they take a look at it and said, well, we kind of like to uh, have a blood test done and that kind of thing. You can go tomorrow morning. We went in the morning and uh, had the blood test. And I took her back to school because she had she had tests. She's like, Dad, I got to get back to school. <laughs> I got things to do.
1: Completely and, understand. Uh, that's how I am so, with my kids too. Like, you can't miss school. You got things to do. Tomorrow. Miss school? Yeah. You know,
0: first off, I'm not going to deal with you. And, uh, <laughs> right. You're going to get behind. So. And not going to stay <laughs> home
1: from work. No, it's yeah. Rub bad. a little
0: dirt on it. Just, exactly. just get back in there. You know. So uh, she goes back, and uh, I get a a call from the doctor's office uh, saying, can you, can you come in right away? And I said, well, Sarah's at school. They said, no, we need to see you. So that that raised some red flags. And uh, with the doctor meets with us immediately and says, well, the blood test came back, and Sarah has AML leukemia. And I had no idea what this even was. I mean, I, I'd heard of leukemia. I had no idea what any of the rest of it was. And, and leukemia is a cancer of the blood. Essentially, you, you get these uh, kind of mutated white blood cells that kind of take over your bloodstream. Normally, white blood cells fight infections and, and keep you healthy. And unfortunately, when you get leukemia, your these cells reproduce quickly, crowd out the good white blood cells, and they don't do anything that they're supposed to. And so eventually, over time, it, it can take your life. Unfortunately, Sarah had one that was very progressive and moved very rapidly, They literally told us, you need to go pick her up from school. There's a bed at Children's Hospital of Wisconsin waiting for her. You need to get her there right now. It was, you know, you could have pulled a rug out from under me. I I mean, I just sucked all the air out of the room. I could hardly breathe. That was December 7th of 2010. She fought it through a number of different chemotherapies. I think she went through seven different cycles the d- disease just kept, uh, unfortunately, with the type that she had, it kind of kept going around the treatments. Sarah fought it and, uh, went through some really horrific treatments and sickness and, you know, everything from lumbar punctures, which we, we know better as spinal taps and it's not the band, but, um, <laughs> um, but, you know, she had to go through that, a number of plasma donations, um, you know, blood transfusions, that type of thing. So, uh, I, I constantly donate blood. I donate plasma, you know, and I always encourage people to do that. It's 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 a, about a half hour of, of your time, and it's amazing what it does because uh, it kept her alive for a number of months. and And uh, unfortunately, the disease did take her life. She passed away on July third of twenty eleven. As I as I held her that morning, she she had a fantastic last day, even okay. in her unbelievable sickness. On the, the day before she passed, um, she ended up getting an honorary appointment from West Point, FedEx to her, and uh, some friends had, uh, had arranged this, her, her grandfather had arranged this, and so she re- received that appointment. She made some videotapes for all of her family, for myself, her mom, and, and some of her, her sister and brother, and then she had her make-a-wish and went to Maroon 5 that night. And it was the first make-a-wish they'd ever done. And so Adam Levine and the entire band of Maroon 5 got to meet her, and she walked up to him. I don't know how she did it because she hadn't been walking for several weeks and got out of the wheelchair and walked up to him and wanted to be the this cool 16-year-old. And, Dad, don't touch me because, you know, that right. would look good. You know, Dad, back <laughs> off. You know, So I backed off, you know. Anyway, it was, it was a great experience, and uh, the next morning, she kind of had her bucket list checked off, and, and she left us, uh-huh. but uh, since then, I've, I've really supported uh, Leukemia Lymphoma Society because they really work for the cure, and uh, it's just a fantastic organization. An extremely small percentage of donations go towards management of it, uh-huh. and they fund so much research and development, and they're making huge strides uh, to to defeat this this terrible disease so you know I I try to do positive things and uh, and no one no one would kick my ass more than my daughter if she (sighs) thought I was uh, sitting around so uh, and she would get quite a kick out of this challenge because uh, like I said she used to catch me frequently
1: (laughs) well I I I know I will contribute Uh, I won't purposely cuss on our show but it doesn't make any difference it's It's gonna come out anyway yeah It's it's natural to me. So, yeah, we also have decided, so we get ad revenue from Anchor. Every time someone listens to our show, one more penny goes in the jar. So, you know, if we get 100 people to listen to our show, then, you know, we'll have a dollar for leukemia and lymphoma. It's not a ton of money, but everything that we make will go towards the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So I hope that helps, you know, a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Every bit helps. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, and you have a new uh, a new follower because uh, Mike awesome. turned me on to this, and uh, cool. I'm, I'm excited about
1: it. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks to Mike from Tosa. It's cool. You know, I, I'm yep. glad we're doing this. So we will continue to cuss during this episode and all uh, others. I'll, I'll
2: get us started. Fuck off, Mike. <laughs> so there you go.
1: I need to have. Where's my jar and my quarters? I could just like you symbolically know. drop quarters in there.
2: Yeah, you could get ah. the whole sound bite in there.
1: Yeah, buck seventy five. Next episode I'll have a little quarter jar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also Tyler, who I was interviewing, also cost <laughs> during the interview. So oh, sweet. He, he owes a quarter too. That's so awesome. I'm gonna have to reach back out to him and he can send me a quarter in the mail or something. Yeah. That'd be awesome.
2: Anyway. Yeah, it's a good cause.
1: So this is a Packer podcast, and I just wanna say that. Todd and I understand what's going on in the world, and it is super important. But I really would like to talk about football today. You know, it's, it'd be nice to just brighten someone's day, and they can listen about football rather than seeing all the bad things that are going on, you know, in this country and around the world. But today, we're not going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about football today.
2: Yeah, I agree. Get everybody in a, in a better place by talking Packer football. So let's go. Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. So a little bit.
1: Um, some transactions, and these are no new transactions, but it's kind of interesting. So the Packers yeah. signed some receivers, right? They signed Malik Turner out of Seattle, uh, and we talked about him a little bit, you know, in his four nine forty speed or whatever.
2: <laughs> so he's still around. Yeah, he's and, still yeah he's still hanging. As far as I know, he's he's still still there in camp. Still on the roster. Still on the but, roster.
1: And then they signed. Travis Fulgham from Detroit and then cut him like two days
2: later. Yeah, I think he, you know, he lasted like four days. <laughs> How fucking bad was he? Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking there with, with that guy. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess at first I was I mean, they do have to kind of pad the practice squad a bit, right? I mean, they have to bring in guys that, yeah, you don't make the roster, but we might call your name.
1: I don't know. They got like 80 guys in the roster right now. Well, How many more do they need? I don't know. But how bad was that dude if he didn't make it four days into camp?
2: Yeah. He just must not have been up to speed with the rest of the crew of the receivers.
1: Was he fat and old? Oh. Like
2: <laughs> I don't know.
1: And why do you sign a guy? I, I don't understand. And I know that I'm going to talk later about Clay Matthews and how he's not signed. And I feel like we should still sign him. Yeah. But if you are not on a roster right now, how freaking bad are you? Yeah. What's yeah. 32 times 80? I don't know, it's a lot. It's uh 200, two hundred two thousand five hundred and sixty players oh. on NFL rosters. If you are not one of those two thousand five hundred and sixty guys on the rosters right now, you suck.
2: Yeah. You're not making any team part, yeah. unless
1: your it's name's Clay Matthews. Me. Then I think yeah. you'll make the roster.
2: They cut our guy uh Marc Antoine DeCroix.
1: Right. Short
2: lived. Yeah. I really like that name, the if nothing m- else. Mini Clay Matthews, he's gone. He didn't last long. None of those guys did.
1: No, they didn't even make it. Yeah, right. They barely made it into practices. I don't even think the quad made it into the, you know, they didn't start practicing. They cut <laughs> him before. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't even get a jersey out of it or some swag maybe. <laughs> right.
1: He I was mean. in there trying to grab like sweatbands and stuff on the way out. Like, fuck yeah. these guys. It was like, no, no, no. no. They escorted him out. They didn't, he never even got a playbook. He didn't have to turn in his playbook because he
2: never got one. He probably never even talked to Lafleur yeah, face to face. who did he talk to? I mean, he might not have ever stepped foot on the on any of the fields or facilities. Who
1: knows? You know, and James Looney got cut. When you get moved from defensive line to tight end,
2: you saw career, that
1: your career is probably not going
2: places. Yeah, yeah. They you don't convert like that. And then no. I guess I don't even know who Daryl Stewart was, but I no. guess he's gone too. Yeah,
1: sorry guys. I hope that, you know, if you make it, you make it in the XFL or something, and maybe you'll. Yeah,
2: there is always that. Can we talk about but, that for a second? The doesn't XFL? The Rock own that thing? Yes. Yes. It does, right? I am a little Did bit you, surprised. You smell what the XFL is cooking? You know that's coming. Oh, yeah. It's got to be something like that. I love that guy. I got to say, I, I really do. <laughs> I like that guy.
1: Me too. You know that the XFL is going to do things like I just feel like anything he touches seems to turn to gold.
2: Does he had a successful acting career, or still does? I mean,
1: right. And the WWE is just acting. Also, it's athletic acting. He was great at that. He brought millions and millions of fans to the WWE. I
2: have a funny story. So I actually saw him at a restaurant in tokyo i was at i was at a restaurant he was there and you could tell that word kind of gotten out like on twitter and social media and stuff and there was just like you know in japan people are very orderly right it's not it's not like being in the united states they're very orderly about everything and so a bunch of people kind of showed up on the street but they're all in like a single file line like a perfect (laughs) line not 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 like a mob a perfectly straight line just waiting very patiently for him to come out to sign autographs and stuff but I don't know. That's a funny side story. But I don't I think that would happen here. No.
1: People would be mobbing him. They'd be breaking exactly. down the door to get into the restaurant to mm. try to see him. So I know this is not Packer talk, but it's kind of dawned to me. So the Rock owns the XFL. Uh, the Big Ten's not playing football. Hmm. The, you sure. know, the, all these conferences say that they're not going to play football. Why would a kid – why would they stay in
2: college? When you can be, get paid in the XFL? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's something to get your degree, but I mean, if the XFL is going to pay me $50,000 to play football during a season, I was going to play football in for free anyway.
2: Yeah. I mean, all you're losing really is like, if, if you're on like a full scholarship or something like that, that's all you're really losing, right? Fair enough. Most guys, even whether they, you're a top-notch player and you're, you you want to go pro anyway, why not just take, take the money now? Yeah. The XFL.
1: Yeah. And have an actual season. And play actual games. I mean, you'd yeah. be playing instead against. Instead of stuff. just
2: sitting around sedentary and just not getting any competition or reps or anything. Yeah. Why not? But there that, you go, that Rock. Would, but that disqualifies you. So you can't go from college to XFL back to college.
1: Correct. So, so. it have to be guys that are, you know, juniors or or, or seniors or guys that are going to yeah. come out next year or the year after.
2: Well, the XFL, they'll take middle school kids. Are you kidding me? They would, but I'm They're going <laughs> to sign every they are they're gonna they're gonna sign like you know pop warner
1: yeah but i'm saying like if you were it's a viable option if you're about ready to turn pro anyway yeah granted i'm a teacher so education means something for sure but if you're gonna leave if your plan was to leave after this season why do you
2: stay on campus for the meals right and most of it's all like shut down anyway yeah you're probably doing it virtual anyway the XFL should benefit from this for sure. They should try.
1: I know they'd yeah. have to ramp up pretty quickly, but go to it, Rock. Make it happen. We want to watch some damn football. Yeah. I don't I, care I, what I'd it looks it. like. Yeah, I'm going to be watching peewee football on Saturdays at the local park at some point because I can't take it anymore. For sure. All right, some actual Packer yeah. football. Kenny Clark signed his contract the other day. Your guy. And what's that? Is it, that's your guy. That's my guy. I'm getting a Kenny Clark jersey, although 97 on my skinny. Maybe I have to gain some weight
2: to so <laughs> fill it out.
1: <laughs> I need like a single digit. Well, maybe I don't. But
2: whatever. Maybe they can spell it out nine seven.
1: <laughs> or, or put them on top of each other. The nine on top and the oh, seven yeah. on the bottom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like linear. What's wrong with that guy? It's it's the 97 for skinnier guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, something. But Kenny Clark signed, and you know, when, when they signed, it was like, wow, that's a ton of money, right? Like, that's a boatload of money for Kenny Clark. But now that I've looked at the deal, Kenny Clark signed a very Packer-friendly deal. Yeah, for sure. So the, the I don't want to call it a rumor, but the idea is that next year that the cap is going to take a big hit, right? That the cap is going to actually go backwards. The salary cap is going to be lower in 2021, than it is in 2020
2: yeah i've seen some stuff on that
1: yeah so kenny clark in his first year makes like seven million dollars after his signing bonus right so he gets this nice signing bonus he gets like 25 million guaranteed Mm -hmm. but his salary in the first two years is 6.7 and then 7.1 he doesn't escalate until 2022 so bonuses
2: don't don't count against the cap right
1: they do count against the cap, they but do. they, you know what I mean? Like now that he's gotten that money, it is called what dead cap or whatever. If he got cut in the first two years or something like that, it would be significant money because of his, because of his bonus or whatever. Yeah. But if he gets a cut, let's say in three, in year three, which he won't, but if he got cut in year three, the, the cap hit is much smaller. True. And that's when his money is actually supposed to get big. Right? right? That's when his salary gets big. Yeah. So God yeah, bless I mean, you, Kenny.
2: Yeah. It answers the question who the Packers wanted to put, you know, in that kind of group of, of people who were, you know, in a contract year, the order of precedence, like he's in, like they're they definitely value this guy well-deserved. I mean, he probably without a doubt is the best, uh, the best nose tackle in, a, in the NFL right now. I will never disagree with you on that. But that begs the question. So out of those guys, out of the, you know, the top tier contract year people, Jones, Bakhtiari, King, and Lindsey, do you think they're going to sign one of them before the season starts? And if so, who? Or nobody? I mean, who do you think? There's
1: two answers to this for me. I think they will try to sign Aaron Jones first, but I think they should sign Bakhtiari first like I think they will go after Jones and I think that the the outward look has to be Jones but I think Bakhtiari Bakhtiari is more valuable than Aaron Jones
2: yeah do you think the uh, you know the situation with uh, the guy in uh, Minnesota the running back there um, what's his name oh my god Dalvin Cook for Christ's sake I don't know why I cannot never I can never remember that dude's name I have no idea it's like a mental block but do you think that's going to impact? Well, right, because not much has happened, right? Right. So I'm wondering if the Packers are kind of keeping their eye on that situation, try to get uh, Jones in before before
1: that happens. Yeah. Do I think that that I think that that there's some validity that I absolutely agree. If you get a deal signed before Dalvin Cook gets his money, then. You go off of Derrick Henry numbers, which we talked about in a previous episode, and then you know, like yeah. there's there's you know twelve and a half million is sort of the market. Right. If they if the Vikings go nuts and sign Dalvin Cook for fifteen million, what do the Packers do, right? Do they yeah. jump to fifteen million? It could hurt them. So that's I think that probably does have something to do
2: with it. Yeah, I mean, point. who knows if 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 he's kind of not settled with Minnesota? I mean, maybe the Packers get Jones on a bit of the cheap. Yeah. They get them for 10 or 11. It's very
1: possible. I, don't know. I mean, I know that, you know, the Packers have good chemistry in their locker room. And I hate to say that that has anything to do with it, but if you want to be a part of a winner, sometimes you got to take a little less money. Yeah. Karen Jones wants to, Jones wants to go to, I don't know, any shitty team. He might get more money, but they're going to suck balls and their lineup might be bad and he might not have what he wants as a career or as he won't win as much. There's yeah. something
2: to that. Jones is like one of those players too that kind of comes along. I mean, we've seen this since we've been watching the Packers for all these decades. There's just always that one guy who kind of comes along who just kind of like fits into the Packer culture. He's just like a fan favorite. He just, just a good human being. And, and he's that. I mean, he's, he's the full package. Uh, on and off the field so it's gonna be interesting I, I think King and Lindsay are probably on, you know the three and the four and then it's a toss-up between Bakhtiari and Jones I think too
1: so listen. rank them for you know rank them who goes next
2: who, who are your top four priorities if, if, I, if I'm you mean like if I'm Murphy
1: yeah well if you're Todd Widener if you're Todd That's Widener that. who do you put in there what is what's the order of signing guys
2: I, I would go Jones Bakhtiari King lindsey and i think the i think the the, i think king and lindsey lindsey's definitely gone yeah he's definitely gone after this year king i mean the the defensive backfield is just full of talent that's waiting to kind of take the next step up so uh, depending on how some of those players perform this year king you know king could be replaced by by someone
1: yeah so I, i i it's tough it's a tough thing, right? You get great players at the same time, and they all come up. It's like, what do you do? You have to make choices. There's a salary cap. There's also, uh, you know, you gotta just, you just have to make the choices that make sense for your football team at the time and in the future. It was kind of funny when, when Corey, Corey Dillon, holy oh my shit!
2: God. It's gonna be Dude, a fucking... you're, you. You're fucking old.
1: Oh, Corey Dillon! He Bengals. ran for like 300 yards on my fantasy team one time. Corey Dillon, who's mm-hmm. The daddy of AJ Dylan, right? They're related. Are they? Fuck no! I don't. I, I don't know. I don't fucking. No. Oh my god! It's plausible. I don't know. Right? It could be. <laughs> it's your daddy AJ. AJ Dylan. Uh, the first practice. I swear to God, he must have cut those '70s short shorts just for you know media attention.
2: I know. I. You know it's, that just. That's kind of like one of those things. Maybe because we're old, but like with social media where I'm just like, I just look at that. and I'm like, come on. Like, I don't give a flying fuck about like, you know, I, th- that stuff just doesn't interest me. I want to know how the guy's performing, how the guy plays football, how he's like getting into the, you know, Matt LaFleur system, how he's performing on the, with the offense, how he's gelling with the guys, you know, that kind of thing. I want to see that and hear more of that. And not just all these pictures of his backside and his thighs sticking out. <laughs> to be fair though. The dude's a
0: monster.
2: He's a freak. He is. He's a monster. He's a freak, dude. You know who? You know who he's like. And and this is dating us as well. But Earl Campbell is is the reason. Is who he reminds me of. I mean, Earl Campbell played with the Houston Oilers, and if you ever go back and watch tape of that dude, I mean, there wasn't a game that dude played in where half of his jersey was just like shredded off of him. Right. He would just play with like half a shirt because it was just like shredded all all to hell because he would just like all over dudes yeah you you, yeah people would try to hang on to him and just he'd just rip his shirt it just give way because he was so powerful but that's who he kind of resembles a little bit in a way but
1: totally that's a great analogy he is he
2: is earl campbell Campbell they stopped making
1: tearaway jerseys because earl campbell was
2: costing the oilers too much money Yeah, I mean, they had all they must have had a stock of of jerseys on the sideline for him every They should have
1: just velcroed his jersey in the back or something.
2: Yeah, for any (laughs) of the listeners out there that don't know who Errol Campbell is, just YouTube some videos of that guy's highlight uh, of his career, man. He was he was insane, he was something special for sure.
1: Yeah, so I I honestly, I mean, I thought they photoshopped AJ Dillon's legs the first time I saw it. He he does have just amazing, they're huge, but yeah. Uh, will that translate? I mean, really, what you said is exactly it. Will it translate to the NFL? Will he be a great player in the NFL?
2: I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, that's, he, that's what we're all waiting for. I thought he kind of ran
1: high in college, though. Like, I don't feel like he took advantage as much of his frame. When you watch him run, Like, guys were able to get to his lower body. If he crouched a little bit more, I feel like he'd be able to take advantage a little better. Uh,
2: according to some of the reports coming out of camp that I've read, one of the, you know, things he needs to work on, maybe one of his weaknesses right off the bat um, that's, that he could probably clean up pretty quickly, I, I would imagine, is um, the pass blocking. Sure. I, I, I guess he's gotten uh, – he's either missed the assignment or whiffed or gotten crushed. You know, he's probably not used to that, uh, that role. But that's probably something as a football player and as an athlete, I, I would assume he could probably clean that up pretty quickly. Um, but that was one, one of the things I've seen.
1: For sure. How many times do you think he pass blocked in high school? I'd say 0.0 times. And then in college, he's the bell cow. They're handing him the rock. So yeah, yeah, he's going to need some time. His technique, pass blocking probably sucks.
2: Knowing where to be too, right? It's not just like, oh, here comes someone flying at me. You got to know who and where to be. If you're on the wrong side, Aaron's not going to like that too much.
1: No. Yeah, I, I see that as being one of the reasons that A.J. Dillon doesn't see the field as often. Maybe Jamal Williams is trade bait now. I don't know. Yeah. I start to think about those things too, right? So if A.J. Dillon is impressive in camp and you know you can't sign Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Linsley, yeah. Fitzbox, you have so many guys yeah. you need to put money on. Yeah. Do you deal
2: him now? Right. I, I've gone back and forth. Like When they drafted him, I was like, Williams is gone. Right, and then as things kind of started to progress, and th- and, and then now, um, then I, I, you know, I was like, no, Jones is gone, and now I'm back to, Williams no, Williams is gone, is gone. <laughs> so I, I don't know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Three very talented backs, backfield that is. I mean, it's just incredible.
1: Absolutely, and then it also it goes down to Dexter
2: Williams. Can Dexter Williams play? Oh, you got banged up today. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he went down. I guess it was pretty serious. uh, I guess it was a knee during practice. It looked pretty serious, but I guess he popped up after a while. But apparently, yeah, Dexter Williams, I guess, did a lot of work in the offseason. I just don't see him. uh, I don't know. Because you got Irvin, who's kind of like a service, a lot of different spots on the offense.
1: I saw that uh, Tyler Irvin has been working out with the wide receivers.
2: Yeah, I'm sure he's getting – yeah, he's probably getting reps all over the place. I mean that's that's kind of Lafleur's guy, you know.
1: Right. And do you then are they putting him out there because they want to keep him there so they can keep another running back, or are they just getting him work because he's already come out of the backfield? He knows that role.
2: Hard to say. But It'll be interesting. We're getting towards the end of camp now, so the cuts are starting to. They're going to start coming. So
1: when did I, that was that makes me think like when do they cut down to to fifty three? Right. It's got to be coming up yeah. relatively quick. It's like thirteen days till NFL season
2: starts, right? Did you see uh, LeFleur in practice? He's like throwing passes during drills and stuff. I did. You think McCarthy was hands on in drills?
1: <laughs> no, no. Mike's body did not was not conducive to be doing anything other than yelling at people and standing on the side.
2: I, I mean, I, I like Mike McCarthy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, me too. For, what, for what he did for the organization over the years, it's just, you know, he'll go down in, in Packers history is as, as one of the greatest coaches to ever have coached that team. Uh, our mm-hmm. organization. But man, I'm sorry, but he is screwed down there in Dallas. He's going to hate uh, Jerry Jones. Uh, I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know how he's going to make the same type of success that he had in Green Bay happen down there. I don't know. I think he's, he's got his work cut out for him.
1: It depends on what Jerry Jones decides to do. I mean, if yeah. Jerry Jones butts out and leaves his hands off of things, then he, you know what I mean, then Mike McCarthy can have success because they've got talent on the roster, but it's how much, how much cohesiveness do they have on the roster. I think that's yeah. usually the question in Dallas. Yeah, well, good just, luck to Mike.
2: Yeah, just a big contrast in, in coaching styles is like I read too that uh like he doesn't allow music. Like, you know, like in the Pack if you if you watch the Packers practice, they got like you know, they got some R and B they they're like all like dancing around and stuff, keeping it loose. They they're blasting out some some tunes and down there in Dallas, man, McCarthy's like nope. Yeah, business. It, it's nothing. But you know, it's like I don't know. But that's a big contrast of coaching styles between LaFleur and McCarthy. I kind of like the loose fit and the looseness that uh, Lafleur brings to the practice field. So, you know, participating in drills, you know, communicating with the guys, he's actually in in their ear. You know, working on drills, saying no, you you have to do this. You know, I want to see this. It took me a while to kind of like process Lafleur. Like at the first year, it was kind of like trying to figure him out. But now that. Uh, like, year two, like, it, it's all kind of, like, coming together, I think, for him as a coach, and it's, it's good to see.
1: And I don't know if he could have handled the shooting in Kenosha any better. Like, oh, yeah. I, I am no, super impressed with Lafleur as a man.
2: Yeah. So I oh, yeah. know that his players are too. Absolutely. Great leader, young guy, but man, he's, he's way ahead of his time on, on so many different things.
1: I can't imagine that guys don't want to walk, you know, run through a wall for LaFleur, especially after what I've seen in the last couple of days from him.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: But winning, I don't care who you are Mike McCarthy, uh, LaFleur, it doesn't make any difference. If you win, people will love you. McCarthy wins in Dallas. They won't care that they don't hear music on the practice field. Um, If LaFleur continues to win, if that continues to win in Green Bay, that looseness is an advantage. But the minute you start losing, yeah, then it's you're too soft. Like LaFleur is too soft on guys They're listening to music. They're not tough enough. It's that kind of shit. And in Dallas, it'll be, well, they're too tight. They don't relax enough. That's why
2: they're losing. And you just got, like, Jerry Jones up there in the skybox watching over everything. I don't know. That's just got to be an uncomfortable situation there. Right. I don't know.
1: I, I sat not. in Jerry Jones' box.
2: You did? Yeah.
1: Marcy and I went to Dallas, and it's amazing how different that is now. So we were just talking about how the coaches are so different, how LaFleur yeah. and McCarthy are so different. Right. That how dallas handles their tours and how green bay handles their tours is the exact opposite
2: i'm sure it's all like executive style in dallas or something right like... in
1: dallas you get to go wherever you want i sat in jerry jones's suite like oh, i got the lookout from his suite we went through the locker room we ran around on the field i got a picture of me wiping my ass on the field in dallas on the star i thought yes. i sent that to you a couple years ago
2: <laughs> as you should
1: yeah but in Green Bay, you set one foot on the turf, and they—they they got like guys with <laughs> machine guns in a turret ready to shoot you down.
2: Hey, I mean, you know, that's,
1: that's... yeah. Loosen up, Lambo. For Christ's sake, I know. I know the owner.
2: Yeah, I am an owner.
1: Right, I know you, and you're an owner, so I should be able to set foot on the grass.
2: Yeah, when when I went on the tour, we had these uh, we had these guys. Bringing, you know the family you know we all like went out through the tunnel my, my son was about to lose his mind me too um yes yeah, we kind of come out and you, you know they're like right by the where you could do a lambo leap i was like hey can i get up and he was like you can't touch it. you know he was just like right oh, no you can't touch it. you can't touch the bar i was like okay can i just like not touch it and kind of go like that and he was like okay yeah you can do that right. i was like all right whatever man
1: so marcy and i went to tour Lambo, they had a Kenny Chesney concert on the fucking field the whole like where the stage was was totally killed but right. we like the 10 people in that fucking tour couldn't go on the field
2: right right what what
1: yeah they also yeah. told me I had to, I did a panoramic view like picture from my yeah. phone and yeah. they they told me to delete it oh my god I didn't come Ha-ha. on I didn't delete it I still should, got
2: it. I'm gonna put it
1: on a Twitter feed.
2: Yeah, put it on Twitter. Put it. On, we should use it as our uh, profile picture.
1: No, I like ours. But I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it up as a tweet. Like, here's my panoramic. That my personal FBI agent will show up at my house, right. and Force me to take it down, or whatever. But uh, yeah, I love that topic. Yeah, it's a good. One. I don't know what we were talking about.
2: I don't know. I lost train. Uh, we're now we got to talk about like who's standing out in camp and some of the things that that are happening there. So. Yeah, go ahead. Probably out of all of the people um, that I've been seeing talked about mostly is uh, Kamal Martin, which is kind of a bit of a surprise, like a, a welcome surprise for sure, right? I mean, I think we talked about him in the very what very first episode probably.
1: Episode one, when we talked about the draft. You talked a yeah. lot
2: about Kamal Martin. Yeah, we talked about his – he had a couple off-field uh, issues and stuff like that, but, man, I, I, the guy's come to play, man, and he's like blowing up practices I mean, almost every, every single time I log into uh, Twitter and check the feed, people are talking about Kamal Martin all over the place during practice, making plays, making a difference, standing out, going above and beyond. Like, he's all over the place, I guess, in practice. So I, I welcome that because we need that number two linebacker more than ever. 100%.
1: I will refer back to episode one and say that I said – on that episode, and I'm never going to be wrong about stuff. So I said that Jam- Jamal, there I go again. I called him Jamal in episode one, too. Kamal. Oh yeah. My God. fuck's sake. Oh, my God. We are, I am lighting yeah. up the, the, t- <laughs> the swear jar today. Mike, keep track for me if you're listening when, when this comes out. Kamal Martin, I said, he, I, I think he is the best chance of starting day one. That's what I said in the first episode. Yeah. And part of it is, be- and I didn't know how great he would be in camp but because the rest of the linebackers are shit. So, yeah. I mean, Oren Burks had a couple nice you know, days in camp, but then you, know, you haven't heard about him at all. Yeah, not really.
2: Not Ty really Summers, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, almost nothing. He'll be on kickoffs, kick returns, and stuff like that, special teams.
1: I think so, too. I think Ty Summers, that's where his role is going to be. Yeah. Um, I was talking to somebody on Twitter, and we were comparing like Blake Martinez and Ty Summers. Ty Summers, measurables? are better than Blake Martinez in every category. Every category. You know, I think because he's white, some, he might get like, well, he's you know, people think he's not as athletic. Dude is
2: athletic. Right. That's not the problem. Playing the game of football, too, at, at a pro level, is what he's lacking, I think, right now. Skill sets there. Physical tools are there. It's, you know, making the, making the professional offensive reads is yes. where he's lacking. So, But, yeah, Kamal Martin. Big time. Great to see, man. I, I think he's going to lock up that number two spot. Oren Burke's coming off the torn pack, which is a pretty uh, significant injury. Um, right. But I, I guess they, they were saying like uh, he wasn't even benching like 135 when he had that, when he was coming off of uh, when he was, you know, rehabbing and stuff. But uh, now he's like benching, I don't know. Like yeah, in the 300s like the range 300s or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. And i think he's having a solid camp but it's probably like a very oren burks camp you know just nothing's really they haven't seen anything like come nothing
1: special coming nothing out special of him Nothing special
2: coming out of him. but kamal martin seems to be stealing the spotlight the other person who is uh is tanyan which i think i said uh, in our earlier episodes i said that dude's gonna be fucking cut
1: <laughs> i think no. i did too but i'm yeah. never wrong okay i'm wrong once yeah once yeah in
2: life. I mean but again a very welcomed surprise right I mean this dude came into shape into camp like in ridiculous shape my only knock on him is his man bun but hey 49 years old but and I did have a mullet in the 80s so same here I mean <laughs> I'll, I'll give him his man bun you know if, if that's what he wants to do but I guess uh, he's getting a lot of reps man and you know when we' were talking about the tight end position earlier we we're talking about sternberger leading the charge. And it's going to be kind of all on him. You know, I, I would not have thought that we were going to be here talking about Tanya with the first string. But apparently he's he's really uh, understands the offense. He's in great shape and he's making a lot of plays. So that's awesome. And not
1: only is that good for the, you know, tight end room, but it also is good for, okay, we don't we may not have five deep wide receivers that of guys that are really that good. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, so it makes your wide receiver room less important if you can split Tanya out wide. And make a guy, you know, that's tiny, cover him. The right. Guara too. Like, all those guys, if they are, Sternberger, they have three guys that can catch the football who are athletic. That might be it. Do you know what I mean? Might, that might be the answer. Maybe they're not True. worried about the wide receiver room because of that.
2: Mercedes Lewis has a locked position no matter what because he's literally, like, the premier blocker in the entire NFL. Right. He, he's... He's a shoe in for that. To have like Sternberger and Tanyan as as receivers, that's awesome. And tanyan has got some size to him too, so bulkier than than Sternberger. We've already talked about Dylan um, quite at, quite at length. Uh, the other person too that I want to get to that I've <laughs> I've bashed on the show here uh, quite a bit is uh, Rashawn Gary. Apparently he's he's uh, making quite a quite a stir in camp. He's, he's getting a lot of reps. He's he's in with the first string defense. He's making a lot of plays. And I will say right now, I will go on video and I will print the words that I said about him in our first episode. And I will actually eat them on video. <laughs> I will swallow the piece of paper. If, if he has a season, if he has this breakout season, I will do that. I will eat those words for, for Gary. But again, really good to see. The guy's a physical freak. He came in this camp weighing more than last year but it's all muscle kind of freakish he's a dedicated physical freak that's for sure
1: you can never take that away from him like that dude works his tail off in the off season and that i love about him but that is i don't want to say that's always been the case but his numbers have always been amazing that's why he got drafted where he got drafted the question then becomes okay in one-on-ones your athleticism and your strength and your footwork are gonna be great. Can you make those plays when the when the bullets fly? And right. that's what he has never proven at you know, at the college level at Michigan. And he didn't he proved it a little bit last year at the end, to be fair. But like can yeah. you do it during games? Because oh man, he is he looks amazing.
2: Yeah, he's loaded with talent. It's the, the question becomes, can he play at this level? Right. Can he play the game of football at this level? It's, it's a totally different game than, than, than college. It's more complex. Everybody is fast. The game itself is faster because everyone has speed. It's, uh, you, you're just not in this, um, you know, where there's a couple of players on the field that are have elite speed, right? Everybody right. on an NFL field has elite speed, speed at their position. Everybody. So the game becomes more it becomes faster. So can you adapt to the 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 quickness of the game and like how it comes at you and the complex the complex like things that are going on in front of you and, and how how quickly can you make those reads so you can make a play? I mean, yeah. those are the types of things that he he's gotta work on. But I mean Petton's gotta kind of like he had him on a a, a pretty short leash last year. I think Petton's just gonna have to throw him out there in the in the deep end of the water and, and try to see Get him the reps he needs, and get him on the field um, so he can have some success.
1: He has to play, right? In year two, you need to find place for him to play. If it's on the line, or if it's with it, you know, with his hand down, or with his hand in in the air, you know, in a in a two point stance. I don't care. But the man needs to be able to play on the field. And man, if he does, if he plays at a high level, how do you throw the football against the Green Bay Packers?
2: Yeah, and, and I awesome. wonder, I wonder if the, like I guess you think he'll just rotate on on with. Uh, Because Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, they they kind of are locked in on the left and right side. I wonder if he's just going to go to the right side or he's going to go to each side and give them both a breather. It would be interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't – honestly, I don't know if he plays from both sides in camp. I I haven't seen that. It would be awesome if he could give Preston and Zadarius Smith some rest because we talked about it. Those guys played way too much last year. Yeah. So if we could, that would be outstanding. That would be great if he could play both sides of the line because
2: uh, a fresh be
1: Darius Smith and Preston Smith at the end is awesome.
2: We said this before. I wonder what he would look like with his hand down. I mean, yeah. I haven't heard shit about Lowry or Lancaster. Nothing. Camp. I mean, nothing. Zero. No. Why would you? Well, they don't do
1: shit. So, you yeah. know, right? right? They're not making any spectacular plays. Right. Josh Jackson, you know, I heard uh, the first couple of days of camp had some great. some great yeah. days in camp. Yep. Um, they've decided that he's only going to play on the outside where he played in college. Oh, really? Making it a little more simple for him. I'll just say it. He And I really thought he was going to be a great player, Josh Jackson, but he grabbed a lot in college. I feel yeah. like now that that's, he's getting exposed, I don't know. Can he run with guys? I don't know. I don't know for sure.
2: Uh, yeah. The thing with him is, too, is, is he's having another typical Josh Jackson camp, right, just like Oren Burks. It's like you see all these things, right? in camp and in practice that are standing out to you and like, they're making plays and and all of a sudden they get into like game time and it's like, it doesn't translate for some reason. There's like a disconnect between like what they can do in practice versus what they can do in a game. So MBS
1: too. Like I'm sorry well, yeah, to interrupt, but well, yeah, yeah, he's player.
2: absolutely exactly, exactly in that group of players who who need to make the transition from making plays and being great in practice and doing it come game time on Sunday. So uh, I don't know. I'm I'm glad to see it. I'm glad that his name is out there and he, we're, we're hearing a lot about him. So that's I mean, it's a positive. So I'm glad to hear it.
1: Absolutely, and you know, if he plays well, that opens up options for King. Do we need to keep King then? I don't know. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot of things that are in play there. I feel bad for Jordan Love. Yeah, I, I do, a little bit. I know. Because his first offseason is Zoom calls and working out at home, not able to come into the facility uh, until practice actually started. You, you can't see it yet. Yeah. How, how do you see it in his first couple practices?
2: Yeah, the, the media has been pretty – there was one media thing that said something like, yeah, he hasn't shown one glimpse of, of why they drafted him basically which you know i said in the very first episode i i I don't want to be a jordan love hater because i'm just trying to speak like how i feel and like Mm -hmm. like what i see call it what you will but i i just don't see him as an nfl quarterback as a starter i don't he is he raw well he's showing in, in camp already how raw he is i mean he's he's way off I mean footwork wise, mechanics wise, knowing the correct throw on different routes. Does he have a cannon of an arm? Yeah, is he a good athlete? Yeah. But he is a big work in progress. Yeah. Big yeah. work in progress. He will not beat up Boyle for QB2. There's oh, no...
1: absolutely not.
2: I mean, I I thought at the beginning of the year that Boyle was out and it was just going to be Love and and Rodgers, but
1: No. You know, they can't they, do that.
2: Based early on, like when they started seeing him in camp they're like yeah, we're going to have three quarterbacks.
1: Right. And again, I don't blame Jordan Love for what he has been I don't able either to do.
2: really. I don't either really. And I, I I don't hate the guy as a person. It's it's just I'm just trying to be honest. That I just yeah. don't see him as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I just don't.
1: There was um, some kind of video. I think I saw it on Twitter, maybe it was on the news. They showed all three quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, I saw. <laughs>
1: and their footwork
2: yeah, I saw it.
1: And Jordan yeah, Love, was... for the young athlete that he is. You would think he would have quicker feet than the thirty-six-year-old Aaron Rodgers and yeah. t- and Boyle. Right. I was like, "Oh, dude, are you are you? What are you doing? <laughs> your feet are supposed to move quicker than that." Yeah. Oh, I was like, okay, yeah. hmm, got need some work. You better just stay in Green Bay for the next yeah. you know eighteen months of your life, regardless off season or not.
2: Big, big work in progress.
1: I also thought that, that Boyle was going to get cut like what do you need him for? Yeah. You're going to suck he, anyways yeah. if Rodgers goes down.
2: Right. But Oh, he's he's light years ahead of love at this point.
1: So you can't put Tim Boyle on the practice squad.
2: No, absolutely not. He'll be gone the first minute. So you have to keep three quarterbacks. Yep. In this in this scenario, yeah, that's, that's another so. roster spot. So there I mean just think of the implications of like, you know, drafting Jordan Love. Now you've, you know, you have to have that other extra spot now because mm-hmm. he's just He's just not at the point where you maybe hoped he was. Now Do the
1: Packers keep... bullshit some injury like <laughs> Jordan Love goes down like, no. Oh my knee. Yeah. And then he goes on IR for the year, so they don't need a you know spot for him. Like Saint Brown with his yeah. high ankle sprain. Yeah, he has a high ankle sprain. They need to like make sure that happens in the last week of preseason. I haven't heard
2: speaking of words, I haven't heard shit about that guy either. Saint Brown. Yeah.
1: Not much. Not much. Hmm. I, I did read something that he was having a decent camp. But, you know, the one thing that I was thinking, so I saw one day they were talking about, like, the one-on-ones on the offensive and defensive line. It really do, it does depend, though, on who you're going up against. Yeah. Like, oh, King smothered Jake Kummerow. Oh, fucking great. He smothered the <laughs> sixth-best receiver on a bad wide receiver roster. Like, th- that's not impressive. You, uh, I forget his name, like, Tipa Gale. Like, he's uh, an yeah. outside li- linebacker. Yeah, he beat Alex Light. I think yeah. you and I could beat Alex yeah. Light around the corner. Pretty sure. So Pretty sure. It's, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt, right? Like, who are they against when they look so good?
2: That's where the disconnect becomes with when you actually play a game against another team of starters. You're not going against, you know, a third string guy anymore on on your on your team you're going against a first-string guy on the Vikings or whatever it's a different world
1: I agree so I mean we have to take this with a grain of salt I did see that Brady Papenga, former Packer Brady Papanga was talking about how preseason reps aren't real either because you're playing against guys I feel like they're more real than they are you know in in shorts or even if you're in full pads on a practice you know practice field I just feel like that's a you know, I'd
2: rather see preseason games. I feel like you get more out of it. Yeah, and there's none. And uh, Minnesota canceled their first two uh, home games too. No fans. Yeah. Not canceled the games, but there's no fans in Minnesota. So The very first game for the Packers this year in Minnesota will have zero fans. Uh, on to Rick Wagner. Like, so he hasn't practiced since the 20th. He was back at practice today with a brace on his left his left elbow, left arm, something okay. with his left
1: yeah I don't know what we do with you know they they said that that Billy Turner started with the ones yeah until they stopped so, being able and, to and say and the reason
2: why like well the reason why is because Taylor is going to replace Turner at right guard
1: right so then For is sure. Turner and better like, than Wagner on the end
2: on one-on-ones Lane Taylor is unbeaten in practice right now so, so awesome I, I think he's Already in. I think he's already locked that his spot back up. He came back up, grabbed his spot, and you know, now it's kind of weird because we thought the dynamic was going to be the other way around. Right? Yeah. We thought that that whole side of the line is going to have a, a lot of different moving pieces. But now it actually has turned into Lane Taylor is probably going to be that the starting guard. right guard. And then you're going to have now, now the battle's between Turner and, uh, and Wagner. I don't, and Wagner's already hurt. Right. Already that hurt.
1: doesn't help him at all.
2: I do think there's a chance for Turner, you know, it being a, a guard, you're in a little bit more of a confined space, right? And you're not, you're not opened up. Maybe putting him out there, you know, he, he can showcase a little bit more of his skill set out there uh, by opening up a little bit more and have a little bit more space in which to, like, perform. Maybe it's a good thing for him. So I guess that's going to be the next uh, battle on the line. All all the other positions on the line are pretty much cemented in. I don't know. Wagner's already banged up. I knew this was going to fucking happen. I knew this was going to fucking happen. He he had a history of of fucking injuries with with Detroit. Yes. So, I mean, come on. That's why they caught him. He's already banged up whining about his left arm. Come on.
1: I don't know what – I start to, like, overthink it then. Because, yeah, you, I agree with you that maybe Turner will be better in space, but he got exposed when he had guys around him. Like, was that the problem that he needed to work in space? Because he was not good at guard last year. Now you move him out on the end where there's no help except a back or a tight end chipping. Like, that, that's, that's ugly. Or is he better out there? If he's better out there, then they cut Wagner 100%. Like, Wagner – I think either Wagner or Turner has to go. Like, you'd only have so much money –
2: you can't have fifteen but million. They, but who are they going to have, like, as backup if one of them goes down? Yeah, they got nothing. Alex Light?
1: I did see that that
2: uh, here who retired. Vell here is back.
1: No, but oh. somebody like tweeted at him and he was like, "Yeah," like he like responded, <laughs> like if the Packers should call him, like he's ready to go. So that would be you could bring him in because he's better than, than Alex Light right now. Veltier could be sitting on the couch in my living room and he would still be better than Alex Light right now. Oh,
2: there's that other guy Legloo or whatever his name yeah, is. I guess Rashawn so Gary like just picked him Destroy up and dumped him. him on his ass. Yeah. So,
1: but then like it, okay so I don't know. One of the, There's I, no depth to that whole side. I
2: mean no. nothing. So maybe, you, I mean, maybe Rick Wagner just collects a paycheck and sitting on a bench for, for Turner. For depth. For depth.
1: And I know, like, with COVID, if you know, you probably need he's depth. He's better than light. Yes. He's so. better than light. And could you move Wagner to guard? I don't know. Can he, can, yeah. Is he versatile enough to play guard or tackle? I mean, he's not going to take – Lane Taylor is going to get paid, too. It's another thing we'll have to talk about because he, I think he signed a one-year deal or he's on a short deal, too. He came back for real little money. So now what? Like now we got to sign that for two. I don't know. It's a good problem to have when you have yeah. guys that are competing, right? All right, man. I think we should wrap it up. So thanks to our sponsors again. Thanks for coming in, Todd. I, I was. I'm sorry that I have not
2: been as available. I mean, life happens. That's why we're the average cheese. We, we don't do this for a living. We do it for fun. So we do, and we now we life. do
1: it for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So Absolutely. I don't know how many cusses we had in this show, but I'm gonna say it was over ten.
2: I. Yeah, I try to swear as much as possible. So. <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll pick I'll pick it back up next episode.
1: All right. Well, yeah, it's no longer going to be a clean, it's going to be a capital E version every time. Awesome. We do that for you, leukemia lymphoma society. So that's it. Go back go. Go back go.